Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. This has to do with the favor of God, the fullness of the blessing. And in Romans chapter 15 and verse 29, the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome and he makes this statement, and I'm sure that when I come unto you, I will come in the fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. The fullness of the blessing of the gospel of Christ. One translation, the voice translation says, I'm sure that when I come to you, I will come as a blessing and as one fully blessed by the anointed one. One fully blessed by the anointed one. So what we see and notice here is that God offers us the fullness or abundance of the blessing as a flow in our lives. All right, Paul says, I'm going to come to you as one fully blessed by the anointed one. So the blessing, the fullness, or the abundance of the blessing, God offers it to us as a flow in our life. And uh, it's more than just financial change. I mean, that, that can be the focus, and I understand that. But it's more than just financial change. The blessing, the fullness of the blessing, it's a flow of God's favor. All right? It's a flow of the favor of God. And... Uh, it's a flow of His help, all right? It's a flow of His benefits in every relationship and every endeavor, all right? When I enter into an endeavor, I enter into it in a flow of God's favor, all right? A flow of the blessing, the abundant flow of the blessing. We talked uh, the, the other night about the, the, the blessing Wednesday night over the offering. We talked about the blessing and how when you go somewhere... That blessing is producing favor and it's going before you, right? And it's setting things in order that may not have been in order, but they're going to be in order by the time you get there. Because he'll set things up so that you will have what you need when you need it. See, this is important. Amen. That, that, that's why you've got to put faith in the favor of God. You've got to talk about the favor of God. You've got to declare the favor of God. And... Um, God's blessing is protection. We talked about that a little over the offering. When you're blessed, you're not subject to the curse. When, when you're blessed, you're not subject to the times. Amen. The blessing is protection. The blessing is access to the victory that we have in Christ. I access that through the blessing. That's part of the blessing. All, all of the in him scriptures, that's part of the blessing. In Him, right, we have victory. In Him, we have victory. In Him, we have overcoming ability. In Him, we're righteous. In Him, we're holy. In Him, we're sanctified. All these things, that all is a product of the blessing. Glory to God. In Galatians 3, Galatians chapter 3. Oh, hallelujah.
Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13, we'll read through verse 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. Being made a curse for us. For it's written, cursed is everyone that hangeth upon a tree. Now that verse right there is one of the foundation redemption verses in the Bible. That Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. He became a curse for us. It's denoting the substitutionary act of Christ. That he became our substitute. Became a curse for us. Amen. But there's more to it. So that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Or the promise that the Spirit made Abraham. And that he received through faith. Hallelujah. The Amplified Bible says Christ purchased our freedom, redeeming us from the curse, the doom of the law, and its condemnation by himself becoming a curse for us. For it's written in the scripture, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. To the end, that through their receiving Christ Jesus, notice, the blessing promised to Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So that we through faith might receive, all receive the realization of the promise of the Holy Spirit. So notice the reason, one of the main reasons that Jesus went to the cross was so that the blessing could come on our life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? I've had, I've had people say, well, you know, is it that important that we're blessed? It's so important that Jesus died to make it that way. It's so important that he gave his life for it. Any part of redemption that Jesus effected through the cross, I want to walk in it. There's nothing I want to leave out. That's why the Bible says, remember when he talked about, take this cup, this is my blood in the New Testament. And he said, drink all of it. Drink it all. All right. Have all of it. Take all of your redemption. Amen. Glory to God. Now let's look at Genesis 1. And uh, Genesis 1 and verse 26. There's so much here I'm kind of picking through it. That's all right. I will be back next week. So hallelujah. Genesis 1 and... uh, 26, God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, the cattle, over all the earth, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image in the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply replenish the earth subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea and the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth in this in this setting the blessing is defined the word blessing is defined as benefit benefit God bestowed benefits on man through the blessing he bestowed benefits on man Through the blessing. Now the benefits that flowed from the blessing were what? Fruitfulness and dominion. Fruitfulness and dominion. Notice he said, let them, he said, let them be be fruitful and multiply 
and replenish the earth and subdue the earth. And he gave them dominion. Verse 26, let them have dominion. Fruitfulness, obviously in this context, includes bearing children, being fruitful, multiplying. But it's not limited to that. When you look in the concordance, you look up in the Hebrew, it also carries the idea and includes increase and growth in the definition. Amen. So let them increase and let them grow. Hallelujah. This, this concept that we have here that we're talking about, it's, it's, it's uh, confirmed by many examples of God blessing the works of their hands in the garden. Subdue and have dominion. The blessing includes the authority and spiritual strength to take control of God's creation and enforce the will of God. So you're taking... Con- when, when situations are going adverse, understand that that's an attempt to usurp the blessing. My job is take dominion. Hallelujah. Now, but here's what a lot of believers will do. Well, you know, you win a few, you lose a few. Hallelujah. You understand? That, that's how people look at it. That's how believers, some believers look at it. Well, you know, it's been one of them days. What do you mean by that? I mean, I know we all face challenges. But, but here's the thing. The day is not supposed to subdue me. I'm supposed to subdue the day. Or the circumstance. I might have to face it. I might have to challenge it. But I have to subdue it. I have to take dominion. And I have the power through the blessing to do that. Amen. Say it out loud. I have the power to exercise dominion through the blessing. See, this has never changed. This has never changed. And so, we have the strength, the spiritual strength to take control of God's creation and enforce God's will. When, for instance, when, 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 when you're walking through this earth and you're making declarations like every disease germ and virus that touches my body dies instantly in the name of Jesus. When you're making that declaration, what you're doing is enforcing the will of God in the earth. Right? This is the will of God in the earth. You never want to let your mind slip over and think that any part of the curse is normal. Or that any part of the curse is okay. Because it's not. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because the enemy is always trying to find out how much you'll let him get away with. How how much will you let me get away with? Amen. I've talked about he brings a flip chart. You'll get up in the morning, you'll have a headache. And and here it is. And, and, And the enemy, this isn't his flip chart, but... Right? But he'll have his flip chart. You got a headache and he'll come and say, oh, you got a tumor. And you'll say, no, 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 I don't have a tumor. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, you got migraines. No, no, I don't have migraines. Uh, you have sinus problems. That's what it is. See, he'll just keep flipping till he'll find something you'll take. Amen. 
My, my job is immediately to say, I don't know what it is, but it's under the curse. And I take authority over it, and I'm going to walk free from it. Amen. And, and if, you, if, you, if you need to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. But go to the doctor taking authority over the curse. But can, let me help you with this. The doctor is paid to find out if something's wrong with you. Is that right? And we thank God for doctors. I, I mean, you understand what I mean by that? But don't get mad at the doctor if he comes with a bad report. It's there. It exists. Take authority over it. Just because it exists doesn't mean I have to take it. Doesn't mean it has to have dominion over me. I've had people come up to me and they'll say, Pastor, I'm going to the doctor and uh, I want you to pray they won't find anything bad. Can't do that. Because they might. Now there's people who disagree with me about that, but it's the truth nonetheless. There's no scripture in the Bible that says you'll never receive a bad report. Right? But it does say this, whose report will you believe? Right? Because what do you do? You take every bad report and you put it up next to the blessing. For, for instance, if there's a weapon trying to be formed against you, you take that and you put it up next to Isaiah 50, uh, uh, 54. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Now what do you do with that? This is trying to prosper, but he said no weapon would prosper. You take the word and subdue that circumstance with the word of God. Amen. Do you, do you see that? And that sounds elementary, but we were talking this morning about fighting the fight of faith and your technique. That's part of your technique in fighting the fight of faith is that you don't deny the circumstance. You don't deny the report. You take authority over it. Glory be to God. After Adam fell, people grew wicked because the curse dominated the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And isn't it interesting that only those people that responded to God were kept with His blessing? Eight people. And it came to the point that only Noah and his family were responding to God. But God kept them because they were responding to God. I don't know how many people were on the earth. We could say at the, at the very least hundreds of thousands, multiplied hundreds of thousands, maybe, maybe millions, I don't know. But here's the point. Out of however many there were, only eight were saved. Why? They were governed by the blessing. Amen. Genesis 9. Let's look at Genesis 9 and verse 1. Glory to God. You know, the thing with anything that has to do with faith is to recognize my part in it. My part. Lord, what do I need to tweak? What, what, what do I need to change? It's, it's like uh, uh, if, if you're working on something that has gears and it's, uh, the gears aren't matching up, you've got to tweak the linkage of that thing. You've got to tweak it somewhere so those gears will fall into place. 
And once those gears fall into place, you're going 100%. Amen. Genesis 9 and 1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. God is reestablishing the blessing. Amen. Remember, all the unrighteous seed is gone. And God's starting over with his man Noah. And what does he do? He pronounces on Noah the exact same blessing that he pronounced on the first man, Adam. Glory be to God. So notice what he did. He, he didn't just tell Noah, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for being right. He blessed him. Why? Because the earth needs to be replenished. The earth needs to be subdued. The earth needs to, right? Genesis 12 and verse 1. And the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country and from your kindred and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I'll make you a great nation and I'll bless you and make your name great and you'll be a blessing and I will bless them that bless you and curse him that curses you. Now, hang on, this is not an incantation. I've heard Christians that talk about that like that. Boy, you better not talk about me. Well, that's not what this is saying. All right? It's saying, Abraham, you're going to be blessed. And if somebody tries to curse you, it's going to come back on them. Amen. Now, see, this has got to govern your life. I can't be cursed. Amen. I was, I was, uh, we had a, 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 a service one time. It was actually, uh, Charles Caps was coming to the Kansas location. Charles Caps uh, always has a special place in my heart. Number one, because he brought the word of faith to us. And, and number two, he was, he was the very first guest minister that we had at that church. And uh, I, uh, there's a little story with that. You got time? And uh, uh, so I, I had wrote his office and uh, and asked him to come, and he had wrote back a very nice letter, very polite letter, and, and declined the, the invitation, and, and uh, so I thought, well, praise God, but in reality, I kind of kept my faith out there, and two weeks later, I got a call uh, at the office, and it was Miss Peggy, Peggy Caps, his wife, and uh, she said, uh, well, Charles wanted me to call, and uh, said the Lord changed his mind and told him uh, he needed to come, uh, you know, do, do you still want him to come? You know, and I said, well, you know, I have to check my uh, schedule and see. No, I didn't. I said, yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Well, le- <laughs> leading up to that meeting, I'll tell you something. Leading up to that meeting, it seemed like, it seemed like uh, we just uh, came under some spiritual uh, bombardment, if you will. And uh, in, in the meeting, like the Sunday before he was to come, uh, we were there on a Sunday night, and I was praying for people, and they were lined out. And uh, uh, I got, there was a lady there that I didn't know, and I got there uh, in the prayer line, and I got over towards her, and she was cursing me, doing all kind of incantations, cursing me and cursing the church. And people say, what'd you do? I stepped up and I said, you witch, be quiet in Jesus' name. Go sit down. Get out of here in Jesus' name. And she just slinked off. Well, I knew I couldn't be cursed. 
she was, she was cursing with all her might. Amen. And it, it, it didn't affect me at all. It tried to affect that meeting. I mean, the weather went bad. It, it was, in, it was at, towards the end of April, and we got a snowstorm. Now, the weather there can be a little iffy, but we got a snowstorm in the middle of April. He flew his uh, plane into Nebraska, and it got grounded. So they had to rent a car and drive from uh, Nebraska to the Kansas location. Amen. Hallelujah. He got there and, and uh, uh, had a great meeting. We got to the hotel and he, we had ordered a king room, no smoking. We got there and it was a king room, but somebody had been smoking. And so we had to change. But my point is, is that the, the enemy did not want those seeds of the word of faith planted in the hearts of people. But as bad as he wanted to curse that meeting, he couldn't curse that meeting. And the meetings were jam-packed every service. And God revolutionized people's lives in the middle of the enemy trying to curse it. And he sent somebody we didn't know. How'd that witch find out about our church and the meetings we were going to have? Because there's a devil loose. But they couldn't do anything. And notice... All her boldness went away when I said, you go sit down in the name of Jesus and get out of here. She just had to leave. I'm not, I'm not pointing to me. I'm saying I learned a long time ago, you cannot curse me because I'm blessed. Oh, hallelujah. Do, do you see this? And when you're walking in the fullness of the blessing, you'll never hesitate to confront the devil. You'll never hesitate to confront the devil. Because you know there's nothing he can do. Oh, hallelujah. So Genesis 12, verse 1. Oh, we read that already. I'll bless him that bless you and curse him that curses you. And in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. So God found someone in Abraham that would obey him so that what? The blessing could be established and made available for all humanity. Right? God had to find a man in the earth, and we've talked about that at length. He had to find a man in the earth that would allow him to make a covenant so that he could establish the blessing in the earth. Amen. And make it available to everybody. God's promise to Abraham was that through your seed, through your line, somebody will come along that will be a blessing to the entire earth. Well, the Bible found that the, God found Abraham and Jesus Christ, the Bible says in the book of Matthew, was the seed of Abraham and the seed of David. And Jesus Christ is the one that came into the earth and blessed everybody through his sacrificial death on the cross. Glory to God. And so then that same blessing came on us, my Lord. I've done it. I've preached myself happy. Amen. There's no... There's no individual in the entire Bible except Jesus that the blessing was more evident on in their life than it was in Abraham's life. The only person that it was more evident is Jesus. Amen. In the New Testament and the Old Testament, Abraham is given as the example of what happens when the blessing is working in a person's life. Hallelujah. He is, he's shown as an example to show God's, an example of God's process to recover man's reign in life. Romans chapter 5, verse 17. 
it says to as many of those who have received the, the, the grace and the gift of righteousness, they shall reign in life. Reign in life. That phrase reign in life is reign as a king in life. That's not just wealth and riches, that's dominion. That's dominion. Anytime kingship is mentioned, that's dominion. When the Bible says you are priests and kings unto our God, it means you're anointed and empowered with dominion. Hallelujah. So the, 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 the king is not just the throne, the crown, the palace. The kingship is dominion. It's authority. I exercise authority in this earth as a king. Not the king, but a king. Jesus is the king of kings. That's not just the kings of the earth. That's We are kings and priests, and he's the high priest and the king of all kings. Glory be to God. Mm. Romans chapter 4 and verse 12. I won't go to all of these. You can write them down. In Romans 4, 12, Abraham is given as the father of all who walk by faith. All who walk by faith. Amen. He's our father, Abraham. Our father, Abraham. Glory to God. In Romans 4.13, we see that Abraham is God's choice to distribute his plan and reestablish the rule of his kingdom in all the earth. It says, I better read that one. Because... uh, It says, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world. Now think about that. Heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law. Right? But notice what it says. But through the righteousness of faith. Abraham was God's choice to distribute his plan and reestablish the rule of his kingdom in all the earth through the people of his covenant. To Abraham, who God willed to become a great nation, well, what does that mean? Restoring rule, a great nation, restoring rule. The Lord gave a great name, restoring authority. Rule and authority. God promised Abraham innumerable children. Stars is of the sky, sands of the sea for multitude or for for number. Amen. And he promised him innumerable children, watch, that would be modeled after the father of faith. We're a model of Abraham. Why? Because we're walking in rule and dominion. Glory be to God. In uh, Matthew 5, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Say out loud, I'm in charge. Matthew 5, verse 3. He says... Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Now, please don't read that, blessed are the poor. Because that's not what it says. It's not that the poor aren't blessed, but that's not what it says. It says the poor in spirit. It means humble. Blessed are the humble. Blessed are the meek. For theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn. They will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. So declaring Abraham to be the heir of the world, this is confirmed in the promise of Jesus that his followers will be recipients of the kingdom and inherit the earth. Notice, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's us. We're the meek. We inherit the earth. Why? We're the seed of Abraham. Glory to God. Amen. You know, in a very real sense, in a very real sense, I, I, I want to say this so, so you'll understand it. Of course, we're adamantly opposed to replacement theology. The church has not replaced Israel because the, they're the natural seed. We're the spiritual seed. One seed or, or, or one promise, two seeds. But here's the thing. In a very real sense, in a very real sense, we are, even in a stronger sense, recipients of this promise than the natural state. Because they have not yet believed in Christ. The Bible says they'll all be saved. In one day, all Israel will be saved. That's going to be miraculous. Hallelujah. Thank God. But right now in the earth, we're the seed of Abraham that's wielding the power and the dominion and the rule and the authority that Christ gave to the church. Amen. They operate under the blessing. They operate under the blessing because they're Abraham's seed and God's people. But we operate in the authority given to us by Christ. How, we, let me say it this way. We've been brought into the fullness of Abraham's blessing. Amen. They're still walking in that blessing from a natural standpoint. We're walking in it in the fullness. Does that make sense? So, so I'm by no means am, am I degrading or downgrading Israel. Amen. There wouldn't be a church if it wasn't for Israel. Glory to God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Y'all pardon me while I shout. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Woo. My Lord. Old folks, you say them goose pimples running up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look at, look at Genesis 13. I know I'm moving quickly, but there's so much here. Glory be to God. Well, it's early yet. It's not even seven. Now, that doesn't mean I'm going to take a lot of extra time. But <laughs> This is when Abraham and Lot parted, and it says, Lot chose the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves one from another. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan. Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, pitched his tent toward Sodom. The men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot was separated, lift up now your eyes, look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. Notice, for the land which you see, to you I will give it, to your seed forever. 
to you I will give it. All the land. Verse 17, arise, walk through the land, the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it to you. Notice the blessing caused Abraham to possess all the land. What does that mean? God wants us to have it all. God wants us to have it all. And the Lord's been using this phrase with me a lot lately. Don't leave anything on the table. Don't leave anything on the table. Take it all. Take it all. Amen. Hallelujah. He wants us to have all He set aside for us. But here's the thing. It will require putting pressure on the blessing to obtain it. Because, and, and I've talked about this some, there's a difference between having something legally and having something vitally. We've talked about redemption. There's a legal side to redemption and a vital side to redemption. But you, think about this. If you have a, uh, if, for instance, if you have a title to a car, you have a car. That car doesn't have to be sitting in your driveway. If you have the title, you have a car. It belongs to you. Right? If, if somebody stole someone's car and it was recovered, well, they're going to ask, do you have the title? Because the title proves ownership. That's the legal side of it. Amen. But you can own a car legally and not have the benefits of the car. Because you got to possess them vitally. And so the blessing is ours legally, but you have to have it vitally as well. Abraham knew the land belonged to him, but God said, you've got to go take it. You've got to go walk through it. You've got to arise. Everywhere you go, I will give that land to you. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, Genesis 14 and verse 14. Everywhere you go, the blessing is going. Oh, hallelujah. Genesis 14, verse 14. When Abram heard that his brother, Lot, was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And he divided himself against them, he and his servants by night, and smote them, and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. And he brought back all the goods. Notice, he brought back all the goods and his brother Lot, and his goods, and the women also, and the people. And the king of Sodom went to meet him after uh, his return from the slaughter of Shadar-Lomar, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abram. And said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Now notice, the blessing will recover what has been stolen. Amen. Do you see that? 
Abraham didn't hesitate to go after what had been stolen because the blessing had been given to him. He was operating in covenant authority. In Deuteronomy 28, when God blessed the people, we read it tonight, it's, it said that the, that, that, that the fruit of your family would be blessed. He was operating in covenant authority. Don't hesitate to go after the enemy. Because you, you're operating in the fullness of the blessing. In uh, Genesis 20, I got one verse after this. <clears throat> the, uh, the blessing will even function through your mistakes. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was counseling with a guy one time or giving him spiritual guidance. That's how I like to call it. And, and he, boy, he was just distraught. And he leaned over in, in the chair in front of my desk, just had his head in his hands. And he just looked at me and goes, Pastor, but you don't know what I've done. Because I was telling him, you know, the Lord will help you. And, and I don't know, it was just a spur of inspiration, I guess, or maybe just my personality. I just leaned over the desk and said, you don't know what I've done. It's, I mean, nobody knows what anybody's done or been through or failed or but. Right? But, 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 but the point is, is that the blessing will operate in spite of that. Amen. I'm not talking about sin now. I'm not talking about blatant sin, living in sin. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about mistakes, failures, all right? Genesis uh, uh, chapter 20. Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said, uh, you're a dead man. <laughs> I've often wondered, how would that be for the Lord to wake you up and say, uh, you're dead. <laughs> oh, Jesus. For the why? For the woman that you've taken, she's a man's wife. In other words, she's married to a husband. But Abimelech had not come near. He said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation? Said he not unto me, she's my sister. And she even herself said, he's my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hand, I've done this. And God said, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore suffered I not to touch her. Suffered not I thee not to touch her. Now, therefore, restore the man his wife, for he's a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. And if you restore her not, know that you shall surely die, you and all that are yours. God, now wait a minute, Th think about this. I, I, now, you've got you to stop and wrap your mind around this. Abraham was really in the wrong here. But God confronted Abimelech. Right? God confronted Abimelech. Well, there's, there's a number of reasons for that. I mean, he had, to, he had to save the righteous seed because that was the covenant promise. Isaac, your son, your seed will come through Sarah. Right? But... 
God had made promise to Abraham. I will be a shield to you. I'll protect you. God can't go back on his word. Right? And so he's got to confront, to the best of our knowledge, Abimelech didn't have a relationship with God. Abraham did. So he had to confront the one that was trying to hurt the person that was blessed. You you understand? And so even though there's a mistake here, pretty big one, God confronted Abimelech. See, the enemy will try to use condemnation to get you to, to abdicate your rights, your authority, your rule, and you'll back off of situations because you made a mistake. But God's working behind the scenes and He's going to confront that situation if you'll just stay with it. Amen. Yeah, but I made a lot of mistakes. Well, join the Made a Lot of Mistakes Club. I'm a charter member. I could probably be the president. Amen. Now, since I learned to be led by the Holy Spirit, I make a lot less. But the, the, the point is, we have access to this same protection. We have access to this same protection. The Lord said to me one time uh, in the scripture, we quoted it early, no, no, earlier, no weapon formed against you will prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, I will condemn it. Now, I say this, and I'm, and I'm, not, make, I'm not making a doctrine out of this. I'm just, this is what the Lord said to me. He said, he said, the best thing for any, and he was talking to me about a situation I was dealing with. He said, the best thing for anybody in this situation is to be on your side. Because he said, if they form a weapon, it won't prosper. And he said, I said in my word that by reason of the anointing, that the yoke would be destroyed by reason of the anointing. And he said, nobody that becomes a burden and a yoke to a believer can stand up under the anointing. And he said, when they become a burden and a yoke and they start forming weapons and making plans against the believer, they will be removed. Now, not dead, gone to heaven. They'll be moved out of the way. Amen. It's a bad day for whoever forms a weapon against you. Why? Because it's all going to dry up. And, and, and that's not just because of you. It's because of the blessing that's on your life. Amen. Let's read one other verse. Psalm 103. Oh, hallelujah. Okay, Lord, I'll, I'll, I'll share that. I've shared this before, but I was dealing with the situation many, many years ago now uh, when I was still in the corporate world before I went into full-time ministry. And uh, uh, I had had some uh, conflict with the, uh, the manager over the, the group that I was a part of, uh, I had, I had, I had uh, been over a department in that group, and uh, the, uh, the, the manager consistently lied. And she was, she was one of these people, she'd been like a captain in the army. And uh, I, I, I forget all that that entailed, but long story short, for the sake of time, 
it was always everybody else's fault, and she was always yelling, and, you know, the, the production wasn't up, and, and she thought the more she yelled, the better things would get, and, well, it didn't. And she was always making promises. This was back in the days of the dot matrix printer. And you all remember that, right? And, and right? And so that's what we had at stations throughout this, this corporation. And uh, 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 she kept promising new printers. Laser printers had just come out, and it was, it was as big as this podium. I mean, it was, it was huge. But boy, it could print fast. And so she was promising uh, printers, and, and, and it was really hurting our work, and, and, and she would never get them. And so one day she had me in her office and was just giving me what for, and she goes, I don't know what the problem is. I said, well, you're a liar. I mean, you know, and, and my personality, honestly, my personality is not confrontive. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm the kind of person that, hey, let's sleep in dogs lie. That's, that's, my, that's my idea, you know. But if, if you ask me a question that requires the truth, I have no problem telling you. So I said, well, you're a liar. Boy, I thought she was going to come across that desk at me. She got mad. Put me out of her office. And, and I was talking to the unit manager, one of the unit managers, and she looked at me and she said, well, you know, we could fire you. I don't know how else to explain it but this. My righteous indignation come up. Because this was a person that has come to work several occasions drunk, smelling like tequila. One, 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 one Monday... They had, to, they had to take her to the ladies' room and clean her up. And you, I felt like this, you uncircumcised Philistine. You, you're telling me that you, what? You can, you, you can fire me? I looked at her and I said, you can't fire me because you didn't hire me. You didn't give me this job. God gave me this job. And you can't take from me what God gave me. That, that, that was just a couple days after the Lord told me. If they form a weapon against you, it's not going to go good for them. Amen. Well, you know, they brought some consultants in uh, from uh, Minnesota, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one of them uh, really liked me, and he always wanted me to go quit a line with him, you know. And, uh, uh, but anyway... After about three weeks, a month or so of their consulting, they, had to, they, they reconfigured some things. Bottom line is this, I ended up in her job. Now people say, well, was that just because of you? I don't think it was just because of me. You can't lie and have no integrity and expect to prosper, but you also can't be touching God's people because you'll pay a price. Amen. Hallelujah. So, so think about that. And, and, and then here's the thing. And please don't misunderstand what I'm saying when I say this. And then you can't feel bad because the blessing repelled things and it may, it, right? Some, you got a raise when somebody that had been there longer than you didn't get one. Or you got promoted when somebody that had been there longer than you didn't get promoted. Don't feel bad about that. That's the blessing. The Bible says that the blessing will set you on high above all nations of the earth. Favor is not fair. It's not fair. 
Things happen to you that shouldn't happen to you. Oh, glory to God. Can I share one more story with you? We, we, you know, we, we moved here. And, you know, some years ago, approximately four years ago, Lily's four, you know, Pastor Michelle and I were, we weren't empty nesters. We were happy nesters, you know. All of our kids had grown up and moved. And, and so we were, we were just, you know, settled in and, and we're going to live Apartment life, you know, no, no yard work, nothing like that, you know, just praise God. And, uh, well, then Lily came into our life, and it was the happiest day of our life when we got to bring her home. Amen. Right, Lil? Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, praise God. But uh, anyway, long story short, uh, we, we, God dealt with us to move here. And, of course, we moved here. And when we moved here, when we first got here, the Lord began to talk to me and tell me, I got a house for you here. Well, I hadn't thought about a house because, you know, we were, we were just, you know, traveling back and forth. And at that time, Michelle was, she was gone for a large part of the week and, and she was going doing faith builders meetings and doing these different things. Well, God was changing some things. Well, here's the, here's the thing, and, and I'm going to hurry with this. The, the Lord kept saying, I've got a house for you. And so we started looking, and, and, and we talked to some people about some things, and, and the Lord, here's what the Lord did. The Lord led us to a born-again, spirit-filled real estate agent that uh, teaches in his church, amen, has a great track record. And so we talked to him and told him where we, we wanted to look and, and what we wanted to do. And uh, so... You know, we were looking around over Wellington Hills and different areas. We even, we even, we were trying to be David's and Pastor Ron's neighbors there for a little bit. We were, we were looking in that area, beautiful area. And, uh, but a word kept coming to me, Maumel. Well, I'm not from here. Maumel, what's Maumel? <laughs> right? Oh, it's across the river. Okay. And, and, and so... We, we said, expand our search to go over there. And so he said, okay. Now, I'm telling you how the blessing worked. And we had sent, we'd sent the blessing ahead of us and said, lead us to the exact house that we want, and when we walk in, we'll know it. We don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Amen. Well, he had two houses set up in Maumel for us to go see, and we went and saw the first one, and it was a definite ant. Not because just it was a bad house. We just, when we walked in, this isn't it. This isn't our home. We walked into the home that we eventually bought, and when we walked through the door, I was like, this is our home. This, now watch. And the people that lived there just happened to be people that also had brought a young child into their home later in their life, and they just so happened wanted to help us get that house. Amen. So there were two people that, that, that had a, a one interest in the house, and, and uh, uh, they said, well, we, we like what you're doing, and we honor you because of what you did, and so we're going we're gonna to give it to you. Amen. Hallelujah. Favor. If God tells you something is yours, you just got, it's not a risk. You just go... The blessing's going before you. 
If, if, if you see something and the Spirit says, that's yours, it's not a risk involved. Go for it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it's everything we want and more. Amen. Psalm 103. Let me hurry. We'll be done here. Psalm 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord. Think we sang that tonight. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, heals all your diseases, redeems your life from destruction, crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good, so your youth is renewed like the eagles. Woo, glory! Isn't that good? We have to continually remember the benefits and give God thanks for them. Amen. Isn't God good? God is so good to us. I'll wrap up with this. I've been telling my wife, and I shared some of this with you this morning. I've been telling my wife, and the only way I know to explain it, and I still don't have a complete grasp on it, but I've been telling her recently, I said, I don't know exactly what this is, but the only way I know to say it is something big's about to happen. And, And that's for the church and for the people, but folks, I'm telling you, in our nation... I know that, that if you look at the wrong things, it can look, because, because listen, <laughs> if it's not one thing, it's another. If it's not COVID, it's the economy. If it's not the economy, it's taxes. If it's not the taxes, it's guns. If it's not the guns, it's the immigration. I mean, there's, there's something that the enemy wants you to worry about. It's like, pick a worry. You know, any worry. Remember the guy, pick a card, any card, right? Pick a worry, any worry. But I'm telling you, this is the only way I know to say this. That whole thing is flimsy. They're, they're, it's thin. When I'm going to share this publicly for the first time. When I look at the current administration, and I don't say a lot about it, it's really thin. I mean... I See, that's what the Holy Spirit keeps telling me. There's a lot of propping up that's going on. A lot of propping up that's going on. And it's going to show up. I'm going to say this. The first time I've ever said this publicly. And I want to measure my words. Folks, prophets with the track record that many of the prophets had back in the, the election. And I, taught, I told you, I said, don't put your trust in what someone's saying. Put your trust in what the Word says. I remember asking a pastor in our fellowship. I said, well, I understand what you're saying, but what if it doesn't happen? You got to be careful. You need to warn your people. I'm not telling you that we're... We're not against any of those prophets. You understand that? I'm, I'm about to tell you something. The Lord said through many prophets that the former president would win by a landslide. I believe he did. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I believe he did. Now, 
whatever your opinion was of him, that's, that's up to you. But my point is, I'm not preaching politics. I'm saying, I believe they did. But here's the thing. The Lord's had me praying for over a year that the sword of the tongue of deceit would be dulled and the sword of the tongue of truth would be sharpened. If there's anything wrong, it's going to come out. It's going to come out and it's going to be big. The Lord spoke to me the other day and just two days ago and he said there's a shaking coming to Washington, D.C. And he said it's going to shock and surprise many. And he said it starts today and, it, and it'll, it'll continue over the next few weeks. Now, I don't know what that is, but I know this. I know something big's coming. And I also know this. This nation, we're in the middle of an awakening. We're in the middle of an awakening. People are turning to God like they have not in years past. Amen. I, I see it on Sunday morning. It's just getting fuller and fuller. People that I don't know. Amen. One young man came two Sundays ago and got born again. And he said, I came to that church and he said, I just felt the love of God and I felt the compassion of God. We had a family come to the Kansas location last week and when I gave the invitation, they got up and came and gave their lives to God. Amen. Because they've been watching, God led them to watch us online. And they said, we got to go get in that church. There are churches that are not open and people that can't go to church are finding churches they can go to. This is an awakening. And whatever you do, don't get drawn in to the partisanship and bad-mouthing people. It doesn't matter who's in that Oval Office. They are our president and our leaders, and we have to pray for them and believe God for them, whether we believe they're a brother or a sister or not. Amen. There, there were times I wondered if the former president was a brother. I... <laughs> But that's irrelevant. My job's pray for them. Something big's coming. And you can mark that down, whatever the date is. I don't know the date, but you can mark it. Something big's coming. I believe God. Amen. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we?